Tinville Saga, Season 4, Episode 5. Excelsior, mid-1988 to December 31, 1989, Episode 5, Time Waits for No One. In this episode of an Eatonville Saga, dear listener, I want to tell you a bit of the story of the other group of planners for the first annual Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts, for whom time and timing represented a significant challenge. You may recall from an earlier episode that I had identified the overall structure of the festival team, that being composed in part of a steering committee, an honorary advisory board, an academics committee, an Eatonville citizen subcommittee, and the folk arts committee. Well, like the academics committee, the folk art committee was also responsible for a key festival component. It had the task of bringing to life in real and material ways, the culture of Zora Neale Hurston's Eatonville. The stories, the foodways, the beliefs, the customs, in essence, to identify the elements of the life of the community in such fashion that the festival audience might better understand and appreciate the historic Eatonville community. And like the Academics Committee, the Folk Arts Committee, as constituted, was prepared for its assignment. Co-chairing this committee were two women with long and strong ties to Eatonville. Mrs. Edis Dexter, vice president of the PEC Board of Directors, had grown up in Eatonville, raised her family in this community, was well regarded as a no-nonsense person, successful as an employee, with many years of experience with a local telephone company. She was a member of Eatonville's second oldest congregation, Macedonia Missionary Baptist Church. The other co-chair, Mrs. Ruthenia Moses, also had strong ties to Eatonville via extended family connections. She, too, was active in civic affairs in the Orlando area and was a leader in the Citrus Council of the Girl Scouts. Joining them was Mrs. Shirley Cannon, a member of the Florida Folklore Society and a community activist in Pine Castle, an unincorporated area of Orange County. Pine Castle is a part of the Orlando, Kissimmee, Sanford, Florida Metropolitan Statistical Area. In addition, two academic folklorists completed the committee. Uh, David Clawson, Ph.D., was a faculty member at Valencia Community College, and Kristen Congdon, the holder of the William and Alice Jenkins Chair in Community Arts at the University of Central Florida. This committee was further supported by eight women, all of whom, save one, lived in Eatonville. It would be they who would ensure the connectivity between the Folk Arts Committee's assignment and the people of Eatonville. Mrs. Ernestine McWhite specialized in foodways, a woman who had grown up on the season. Her father was a crew leader of migrant laborers who moved between Eatonville and surrounding areas to go up north to pick crops. Mrs. McWhite worked in the laundry industry, ultimately leaving to start her own ironing service, where she established herself as the preferred provider for elite Maitland and Winter Park clientele. Mrs. McWhite was a kind of African-American of whom Booker T. Washington would have found exemplary. Miss Hortense Jones was another Eatonville resident, an official yet unofficial historian. 
A descendant of one of the town's earliest families, she was very careful about protecting Eatonville's record. A school counselor by profession, she was also known to assist Eatonville elders with their real-world issues. Mrs. Rita Allen, though at the time of the committee, lived in Maitland, a stone's throw away from Eatonville's boundary, took great care in outdoor beautification. Mrs. Pauline Alexander and Mrs. Alois White, sisters of Mrs. Edwards Dexter, represented the strong familial ties with, with connections characterizing the Eatonville community. This strong family connection might also describe the relationship of Mrs. Charity Robinson, who had married Dr. Howard Miller, an Eatonville-raised pharmacist who later passed away. Mrs. Ella Dinkins, a founding member of the Association to Preserve the Eatonville Community Incorporated, PEC, was also a longtime civic activist, not only in Eatonville, but in Orlando, as a member of Dr. James R. Smith's Mother's Club. Her father, Augustus N. Johnson, who had served one term as Eatonville mayor, had built the home of the first principal of the Hungerford Industrial and Normal School, as well as Eatonville's first elementary school. She is the mother of yours truly. And Mrs. Vera King, whose grandmother was born in Eatonville, augmented her family ties by the ties to the Hungerford School, which she attended and where she worked as a bookkeeper when it was the academic pride of Eatonville and even through the time when Orange County Public Schools reduced the beloved institution to various configurations of alternative schools. As the Folk Arts Committee members grappled with the how of bringing the life of Zora Neale Hurston's Eatonville to bear, the discussion turned to the role that an exhibition might play in providing the general public with an introduction to the community. Shirley Cannon, who you will recall was a member of the Florida Folklore Society, suggested that I attend a meeting of the group in Gainesville to enlist their support. She was confident of such support because, given the high regard that folklorists hold Zora Neale Hurston in, um, within the profession, she is viewed as a groundbreaking uh, folklorist in terms of primary research on black people in Eatonville, in rural Florida, in New Orleans, in Haiti, and in Jamaica. So in the spring of 1989, Shirley Cannon and I made our way to Gainesville, a trip of about 90 minutes drive from Eatonville. And there, indeed, we received a warm reception. I spoke about the committee's thinking on creating an exhibition, how seeing an exhibition would make learning about Zora Neale Hurston and Eatonville more readily accessible to a general audience. The body language of the folklorist was positive. It was clear that our thinking and this approach was the way to move forward. Until, I indicated, we wanted to present the exhibition at the upcoming first annual Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts, January 1990. Orman Lewis presided over the meeting. At that time, he was one of the arts administrators for the Folklife Program housed in Florida's Division of Historical Resources, and he oversaw the state's annual Folklife Festival, one of the country's largest and most respected, having been established in 1953. He looked at me in a friendly manner. As he processed the date that I had just articulated, what he said was done so with no hesitation and, frankly, with no malice. 
His assertion was a simple statement of fact. It would not be possible to have such an exhibition ready for January 1990. In fact, it would more easily take two years, more likely three, for such a project. Dear listener, it looked as if time had gotten the best of us. End of episode five. You've been listening to An Eatonville Saga. Executive producer, the Association to Preserve the Eatonville Community, Inc. Podcast concept and storyteller, N.Y. Theory, Eatonville native and executive director of the Association to Preserve the Eatonville Community, Inc., P.E.C. Produced and directed by Ken Moore. 2020 copyright by the Association to Preserve the Eatonville Community, Inc. All rights reserved. Thanks for listening. If you would like to support our podcast by giving, you can give to PEC at www.give2pec.org. That's www.give2pec.org.